welcome. My name is Ethan Dodgen, and welcome to Tech Talk with Ethan, the theater podcast where we discuss all things behind the scenes. I'm a junior at Renaissance High School for the Arts in Long Beach, California. I started the show to learn from working professionals in the theater industry, and I invite you to join me as we talk tech. Hello, guys, and welcome back to Tech Talk with Ethan. And today I'm here with Anthony Murano, a sound designer um, and sound enthusiast. Um, so Anthony, um, can you uh, please tell us about introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Hello. Uh, so yeah, I'm Anthony. I've been in theater and doing sound for about 15 years. I started probably in 2005. It was about the first time I ever put my hands on a console. Um, actually started in high school um, and kind of really just evolved from there. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, happy to be here. Thank you. Thank, thank, yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, how'd you get into technical theater and doing sound? Uh, really by lack of wanting to be in front of people. So the, like we just probably were laughing about <laughs> yeah. before this went on, um, being in front of people was something that I didn't want to do. And I didn't realize that until I was in like high school theater and mm-hmm. we had to do a, uh, a live show and it was an improv show of all things. So as if that was not hard enough to get on stage as a high schooler uh-huh. to do improv comedy was pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that experience in a, in a, in a couple of shows, I had it, I didn't want to be on stage. So I had a theater teacher uh, named John Hoganson and he said, Hey, that's great. There's just as many jobs as there are on stage and probably even more backstage. So he said, you're going to help us run with our sound and our lighting and our sets and mm-hmm. all of that uh, stuff. So got hooked into that and uh, decided to make that something I wanted to do. Mm. And eventually started going to this honor theater festival at Cypress College, which doesn't happen anymore, unfortunately. Uh, and we got to do workshops with teachers on the collegiate level and do uh, workshops in the scene shop, building sets, talking about lighting, talking about sound. Sure. Uh, so I ended up going to Cypress College out of that positive experience. And I um, started working in the scene shop with Steve Bannock, who is still running the scene shop over there and has been for the last, I mean, he started when he was 28. He's, he's, uh, he's pretty much been there his whole working career and uh he really brought me and taught me in a lot about technical theater working in the scene shop mm-hmm. uh we built shows uh i then started to kind of drift into sound around that time because lighting uh i was working with for some lighting production companies to make some money uh uh-huh. i was working as a freelance lighting tech um doing events like fashion shows and numerous just random events throughout los angeles and mm-hmm. Orange county and I quickly realized that uh, lighting is very heavy. And if you've never had to like pick up like really heavy four-aught power con cable mm-hmm. and drag it a half a block a mile or half a block mm-hmm. or a mile to the workshop, it was it was something I didn't want to do. And I and I and I I looked at sound and I looked at lighting and I was just more intrigued with sound. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, everyone can look at a light and say it's blue. Not everyone can agree on what sounds good. So that challenge, uh, really, really made me want to dive in and see how I can control all of these variables that we deal with in live sound. Like, you know, we have to worry about how a uh, performer is feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lighting person doesn't, as long as they hit their mark, they're good. 
Exactly. So I think that challenge is really what made me want to go into sound uh, almost exclusively, which which was a hard thing to do at first because I was working primarily as a lighting tech. So I made the decision to stop taking all these lighting calls and only take the sound calls. And that was even down to like the union calls I was doing for local 504 and local 33 at the time. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wouldn't even take deckhand calls because I made a decision I wanted to do uh, sound. Yeah. And then uh, I finally got an audio call, started loading in some drum set started getting exposed to bigger concert setups just by being a stagehand at my local union. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I then went to a job fair put on by USITC uh, up in Westminster. It was a really small local chapter version of it. It wasn't the full blown thing, mm -hmm. um, but they had a small internship. Uh, well, not an internship. I, well, they had a company there called PCPA, which is Pacific Conservatory for, for the Performing Arts. And that's in Santa Maria, California. And they operate out of two theaters, one in mm -hmm. Santa Maria and one in Napomo. So it was kind of like a mini tour. You'd build a show in Santa Maria and yeah. then you take it down to the summer stock at, uh, in Solvang, which was a cool place to do summer stock theater. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was the A2 at the time. So it was the, my first real job where I, um, I, I got... I got started in doing sound. In fact, I have a couple of pictures that I think you'll find uh, interesting. Yeah. You go ahead and share my screen here. Uh, looks like I'm disabled still. But um, what what I ended up doing was uh, I worked at this internship and I and I got this uh, this opportunity to uh, work with regional theaters and mm -hmm. AEA stage equity act actors. So I was working with really professional talent yeah. and with um, a new production that they were actually doing with Steven Schwartz and his son, Scott Schwartz was an American premiere called my fairy tale. It was mm -hmm. the first time it's ever debuted in America. It had been debuted in Denmark or uh, in, uh, yeah, in Denmark. Uh, Cause it's an originally a Danish show. So he debuted it in uh, Solvang where I was, and I got to work with Steven Schwartz. Uh, for those of you, he's the uh, composer of Wicked and Pippin. Uh, he had another project that he was trying to get off the ground and we, we got to do it. And I got to be a part of the American premiere cast. So that was a really cool thing. And that just instilled my love for doing sound. That's amazing. So I think from there, you know, I, I had taken a break from college to go do that. Um, I had taken a, uh, a course to do that in uh, college or a break to do that in college. Mm -hmm. And I came back to finish my degree at CSUF. Uh -huh. So that's where I did my, my BA, but let me show, let me show you some pictures that yeah, will help no uh, kind of show yeah. the progression a little bit. Uh, Sounds good. It's quite funny if you ask me. <laughs> All right. Um, let me see hit play here. So this is me in high school. Oh, wow. Uh, I started on a Mackie 16 channel. Mm -hmm. With a, du a dual Newmark CD player and an SM58 with a switch. Mm -hmm. Holla at your boy. Yeah. This was, this was uh, actually, I was running playback for the cheerleaders and the football Sweet. and the uh, basketball. So I was involved in student government in high school mm -hmm. as well. Cool. So this is part of, this was really my part of my, my beginnings. Yeah. Um, I evolved into a DJ. Cool. From, from this. I, mm -hmm. I loved uh, DJing a lot. And I DJed all my school dances. 
Sweet. Uh, ended up never going to any of them because I was an awkward teenager. Yeah. And so I was in student government. I ran all the sound systems for all the events and they just needed to throw a party. I said, that's great. I'll just buy some turntables and I'll be yeah. a DJ. Mm-hmm. I ran that business for six years doing really high-end weddings. And let me say, I never thought I was going to do that. So that was awesome. That's crazy. That's cool. Um, I never had to work in like a burger joint or anything because of that job. Yeah. So I get a lot of flack for telling people that I was a DJ and then now I'm a professional sound engineer, but mm-hmm. I don't care. <laughs> um, I worked at Pirates Dinner Adventure on Beach Boulevard in Orange County. Sweet. Uh, they had an 850 seat arena that had an, uh, a stunt show um, with 850 seats in there. And it ran Monday, it ran seven days a week. There was no dark days. I would go in and mix a show for 100 people. Granted, mm-hmm. it was very empty, yeah. but I got the opportunity to run a show on a Monday. Mm-hmm. And That's that was yeah, pretty. Yeah. And so when you're going to school for sound and then you go to your job, which is mixing sound, I was very. I was very happy to have that, like kind of take what I was learning, go directly apply it. Um, exactly. It was, it really just drilled it all in. Um, yeah. This is, uh, I did, I did a lot of installations. This is a photo of a before and after picture of Cypress college. Nice. Um, so when I got in there, they had this nice for this, uh, 42 channel crest audio X eight analog console with, uh, you know, all the DCAs and I had outboard compression and all these outboard RF stacks. So to the left and right of me were just stacks and stacks of racks. Yeah. Um, so that's when I started mixing musicals and mixing Sweet. musicals on a console that doesn't have the technology of like a Digico nowadays. Mm-hmm. It was, it was closest to an old school education that I was going to get in the, on the cusp of a digital age. Because yeah. as I was coming into this industry, all the digital consoles were coming in. The Behringer X32 was coming in. The Yamaha mm-hmm. M7 was yeah. affordable. Uh, everybody was using these uh, consoles. Yeah. And so beginning of my career, I saw a lot of Yamaha. And I saw a lot of conversion to Yamaha. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see, it, I mean, it's just streamlined. We had to rebuild yeah. the whole tech booth. That's cool. Um, yeah, I've, I, went, I, went, I saw a show. I saw in, did it in the Heights recently. I want to go see that show. Oh, um, good. Yeah. 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 It was amazing. Was, that's awesome. The stage is still set with on the, in the Heights. It's still sitting on the stage. I'm, I'm <laughs> that, pretty that, sure. That's, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> they never got time to move that out. They just literally packed up the mics. I was talking to the oh, sound wow. designer. The sound designer of that show was a mentor. He's the same guy who taught me how to mix on the, on the pictures uh, that you're seeing here. Is that Donnie Jackson? No. So Donnie Jackson's like the theater manager and uh-huh. uh, I'm talking about Ray Gibson. He's a okay. adjunct faculty member through there, but, okay. um, but Ray is the one that taught me how to mix a musical. I learned nice. what compression was through him. And uh, Ray also taught me what networking was in its infancy of being in audio. So mm-hmm. when I learned about audio, I was also wor- learning about networking, which is, I, I can tell you now, if you are not uh, learning about networking, uh, you, you really should. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's the, uh, it's kind of where we're heading, unfortunately. I mean, analog is, I mean, now there's replica of analog, yeah. um, but, and there's ways to get it in and out of a, now a digital infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I spent a lot of time doing these conversions for places like Cypress college. Yeah. Um, I even went, let me fast forward. I even did some more, but, um, yeah. when I was working at, uh, Cypress college, I also worked at Disneyland. Sweet. I was working on Phantasmic. That's great. Uh, 
but I wasn't in technical ops, which was at the time my goal. And I wanted to be, you know, in the technical department as every mm-hmm. technical theater kid wants. But yeah. I actually got to do, uh, be in a department called show support and mm-hmm. show support was responsible for all of the, uh, coffee and tea, <laughs> the tarps that block the vision of the guests. Yeah. The, scraping out of the mud holes that you have to put the pole in because the people were on the island all day running around so we basically responsible for turning over tom sawyer's island into what will be fantastic Mm -hmm. i got to load some pyro i got to do all these other cool things including one of and i I don't know this is that nda part but i was really close friends with this character on the screen if this makes any sense so I wasn't able, you know, yeah. and it was really cramped inside. I can just yeah. tell you that. <laughs> That's um, so cool. That's amazing. So, and, and it's just like a modified, you know, wave runner yeah. with, uh, you know, looking at a hole like that. So cool. uh, it was really cool. And it, I was 18 at the time. So me, oh, wow. you know, 18, yeah, I was real young. Wow. And I, um, so I was like, this is awesome. I, yeah, and I got fireworks amazing. and Mickey shooting flames out of his fingers until yeah. the night, you know, I, I, I caught some water, the tail kind of went bogged down and I kind of mm-hmm. sunk in the middle oh. of a show oh, wow. and had, and had to uh, get pulled out by what's called the work boat, uh, oh, full, wow. show, full show stop and, uh, yeah. magic ruined. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, you know, I even, I, yeah, it, 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 you know, big, big spectacle shows, yeah. things happen, you know, exactly. Um, they didn't last long, so they're not in the show anymore. So mm-hmm. it yeah. was along the reasons of that they had to get rid of them. Yeah. Um, um, I did. I, I came back after that internship I was talking about, and I went to uh, yeah. Cal State University Fullerton. I worked on a couple of shows. The picture on the left is Spring Awakening. The picture mm-hmm. on the right is Spamalot. Um, nice. As you can see, both are mixed on an M7. I would take the M7 over the LS9 for the fact I, that it it has a DCA. And, mm-hmm. and believe me, you should have seen the programming I had to do on Spamalot because in order to link the DCAs, you had to do fader link and then you're doing scene switches mm-hmm. and you're like controlling 10 faders with one fader. And it's just... That's crazy. It's a mess. It's that's a crazy. mess. Yeah, that, that's so ridiculous. I'll take even the X32 because it has a DCA ability. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, you know, it was, it was an interesting... Uh, learning experience. Uh, and so I graduated from CSUF mm-hmm. uh, with my BA in sound engineering. Uh, and my graduation, uh, ironically, had the worst sound ever. Uh, <laughs> I'll never forget it. Uh, all the all the mics were routed to the monitors and the main PA might as well have been off. So oh, wow. um, it was it was a, it was a tragedy. And so mm-hmm. I it really instilled again, you have a future in this. There is exactly. a need for this. See, I'm at my graduation, graduating with this, and the guy who's paid professionally is just doesn't yeah. know how to route anything to a main, to the main. So it's like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, this is some more productions from CSUF. This is the little theater. What is on left here is Xanadu, and on the right, I sound designed an opera, which was a very oh, wow. cool thing. That's cool. So, it, which at the time they told me just design some foldback monitors for the, for the people on stage, uh-huh. just reinforcing the music. Yeah. Then the MD comes over and says, by the way, is there any chance we can put a mic on the lead character? She's a little, <laughs> she doesn't want to hurt her voice. So I said, yeah. that's great. I now need 27 other microphones and I oh, need wow. a whole team, an A2, and I need a week of tech that now I can't get back. 
Yeah. So somehow overnight we pulled all of that together and we, we did a dirty ring out of the system, put the mics on them and, and we, it turned in from a little bit of foldback to a full scale musical production in almost a day. So it was like, it was like, I know I'm a student, but this wouldn't even happen in real life. But you know what? It was great because I had to really get my stuff together very, very quickly. And Mm -hmm. my team at the time, um, they were working on both my shows because I had this this show and Spring Awakening at the same time in the same semester. So my my full-scale musical sound design plus an opera with some foldback all in the same semester with with me trying to graduate. So school was beneficial for me because yeah. I put a lot into it. Now I don't, wouldn't recommend that everybody go to school for doing this. I, mm-hmm. I, I really don't think it is necessary. Mm-hmm. I, I did it for myself uh, because I wanted a well-rounded education Yeah, and I wanted to, I wanted to get a degree because not a lot of people in my family have one. In fact, not really anybody had one. So I wanted to have that. And that was a big thing for me. I completed it. Two weeks later, I got a job working on Princess Cruise Lines. And that was a very hard experience if you've never lived on your own. Luckily, I'd done that internship, so it was kind of familiar. Mm -hmm. And when you're young and living living on uh, on board a cruise ship it's a Mm -hmm. very interesting experience because you get people from every walk of life and i'm talking you uh people from parts of the world that you can barely pronounce uh i have come to build so many good relationships from my cruise experience i have friends in brazil uh australia just all over the world because of that experience and yeah you find that it's it's actually actually where the fun's at like i was saying earlier because Mm -hmm. as a sound person um you get this sweet console so you get this so as you can see you get a digit you get a venue profile but nowadays they're they're flat they're they're ready with digico sd7s with the full theater software package with waves like with waves so it's it's quite a lot to handle if you're coming out of school having just done the yamaha so for me there was a huge learning curve here Mm mm-hmm for sure. Uh, they do like Beatles tribute shows. So this was a, one of my favorite things. Uh, I really enjoyed mixing the Beatles. That's cool. Yeah, that's a great, great thing to mix. I mean, it's for a lot of uh, older generation folks, but man, <laughs> yeah. they yeah. still, they, they love it. I got way too many noise complaints and I was probably the loudest sound engineer on file, <laughs> but... <laughs> Wake up, people. You're on a vacation. Yeah, yeah just, just bump everything. Just bump the fares up a little bit. It's okay. <laughs> I'm like, they're not, they're just yellow. They're not red. Calm yeah, down. Exactly. So, uh, but that was real fun. So, you know, I highly suggest doing stuff like that. Yeah, um, that's great. One of, one of my favorite consoles, there was a little bit of sound issues with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you would, you know, there's a couple of things like I would, I would, I would instantiate a plug-in in the middle of a show. And if you've uh-huh. ever used these consoles, you can never put a plug-in while you have audio going. Mm-hmm. So I'm there rocking around and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to drop in this little C6 on my vocal because, you yeah. know, why yeah. not? So there's this button that you have to push at the top of the console. And, uh-huh. it, and, and it literally allows you to put these plugins in. But what I 
didn't know is that when you went to go exit out of the menu, okay, uh-huh. pop, pop it in. That's what I want it. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Okay. I want to, I want to engage it. Well, mm-hmm. what no one and I didn't know. And what was the, what was the worst moments? What felt like forever was that when you do that, it stops all audio. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. So it stops all audio. And so I have a band on stage going hard. Yeah. And it was the Beatles act. Yeah. Uh, and I just drop in this thing cause I was stupid and I shouldn't have been yeah. messing with it. And that's the, and like, if you, something's fine, just leave it. You don't need a plugin. <laughs> exactly. If you're not using your high pass filter, low pass filter, you shouldn't be dropping a plugin in. Yeah. Just stop. So I did that and it felt like forever until that audio came back. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's funny cause it doesn't just like come back. It yeah. goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it just, yeah. it comes back full boogie, like complete silence right where you left off. Yeah. <laughs> instantly. And you, you could see the reaction in the <laughs> audience just like, yeah, everyone yeah. flying back. Like instead of were hit with just fucking noise. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden the perceived loudness was louder. Yeah. <laughs> people were like, how the, yeah. are you doing this? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, it was the same volume before I fucked you know, yeah, before I yeah, instantiated yeah, yeah. the plugin and then it came. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Exactly. Don't, don't push the, don't push the big red button during yes. a show. Yes. That's all yes, I got to yes. say. Yeah. So, I've not done that yet, but, but I will not do that in the future. You know, it, not it was a very, very funny learning experience for me. And, um, mm-hmm. I, there was a, there was a <laughs> host of other things I learned on that, on that experience, but mm-hmm. it was, it was really valuable. Um, that's great. Uh, a lot of good people I met. This was my yeah. first ship, uh, the Royal Princess, which at mm-hmm. the time was the eighth largest cruise ship in the world. But uh, now, yeah. not so much. I mean, they yeah. make them the size of moving cities. So I don't, yeah. I'm not really sure where that ranks. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was my second ship. I did two ships because I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. Um, same, uh, same console, same setup. They keep it Sweet. very uniformed throughout the fleet. Mm-hmm. Um, so they like to use those because they have good scene management and like the scoping capabilities are yeah. pretty handy. And it's like, you haven't really seen that from Yamaha. So yeah. on a console level, they were feeling, well, if we're going to do all of these different production shows and all of these guest entertainers, yeah. um, what's a console that's like a Swiss army knife. And so this is the one. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was someone that can do a Yamaha, mm-hmm. uh, console operation can step into this avid operation uh understanding uh what they're doing all they got to do is get very familiar with the user interface and where things are Mm because a gain is a gain a high pass filter is a high pass yeah all does the same thing um whether it's an ls9 or a digico se7 a gain knob does the same thing and you gain staging is the same everywhere yeah it doesn't matter if you're on a quarter million dollar console so anyway, I digress. They, um, I did a lot of time in churches. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of time in churches, not because um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really religious or anything. Um, yeah. But it was a great place to learn. And if you're a member of a church, I highly suggest getting involved with your media team because that is, there are churches that uh, I've worked for as just a kind of a hired gun, if you will. Uh-huh. Um, they have Digicos on monitors and front of house and you're sitting there going, this is an $800 direct box for a base and you have five of them. 
Yeah. Oh my God. Like studio on stage. It's, yeah. So they have, they have uh, quite a bit of, uh, uh, support through their congregation to give uh-huh. them that. And so they, yeah. they give that back to them. So that's very important for mm-hmm. uh, that, that community. And I do a lot of installations for them yeah. as well. So what you see here is an installation that I did for Christ community church in Cypress, California, down the street um, from Cypress college. Nice. Uh, they had a full analog system that as most do over time, they yeah. died and needed an upgrade. And so you can see they had all these outboard compression. They had a graphic sitting up there for whoever, yeah. for whatever reason. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, you know, it was, it was crazy to see that. And so you walk in and you're like, okay, I can make this sound not like the grateful dead. And, yeah. um, and this, uh, you know, their, um, sorry, their, their solution was to go with the X30. I, I, I had specced it with based, you know, working with their team and uh-huh. their budget and restraints. We got them the X32 package. It was able to mm-hmm. get them some stage boxes nice. and some in-ear systems. Yeah. Uh, so now everyone can work on in-ears and uh, yeah. we didn't need to upgrade their PA, but I, I, I tend to, whenever I move into a place to do sound, mm-hmm. I really try to work with them to just so they're aware. I don't try to push their yeah. upgrade on them. I just, I, I, you know, I just can't help myself. I, and I do it for the overall product because just like I was in theater, even though that I've, I've, by this point in my life, I had been kind of away from theater. I've been doing cruise ships, but it's all theater. It's all sound. Mm -hmm. It's all still connecting people uh, with sound. So, and, and, and for a, for a church, that's what they, they need to connect with their, their, uh, whoever they're listening to their pastor or their preacher. So, uh, you know, that was, that was important for them. And yeah, I cared about that. And so we were able to get this. And so I do that a lot. So, um, it's a great way to make, um, connections with, uh, manufacturers and vendors in your local, uh, area. Mm-hmm. So great. But before we move on, yeah. um, we have a few questions in on Facebook live. Please do it. Um, let's see here. Um, doing Dodger McGee asks, uh, Anthony, uh, what is the importance of unions in tech theater? I'm sorry. What? What's what important they, of, u- of union? Of unions in tech theater. They're extremely. They're extremely important. Um, I, I'm. I'm going to speak on behalf of what I, my interaction with the union has been. I am not a union member, so I do not know what the union could do for me as a member. So I'm not going to speak to what the benefits of being a member or being not being a member is. Mm-hmm. But I interface with the union a lot, and without them, I could not do what I did on tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, in cities, when we go to Chicago, Los Angeles, um, we have to work with the unions. Not all state, not all places we went to on tour had the unions. Uh, we w- used Rhino staging in some places. Uh, mm-hmm. Rhino is a labor contractor, and they do a lot of uh, labor calls for big events, um, providing stagehand and specialized labor. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was on tour with Cirque du Soleil, you know, a, a standard Cirque du Soleil big top tour show is 70 and seven zero uh, semi trucks. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. And yes. it's loaded in and fully calibrated in under, I would say, in under 10 days and oh, ready gosh. for an audience. So that wouldn't be possible if we didn't have the union because, uh, when it's time to do a big top transfer, um, you'll see in my later pictures how many how big it is, and it will mm-hmm. kind of 
encapsulate like there's over 300 stagehands from the union on a Cirque du Soleil load in. Wow. That's pretty much a good portion of their call list. Yeah. In a big city. Yeah. And if they have another big event, like when I was in Chicago, we were splitting the union hands between their all day load in with us and an overnight load in next door at the football stadium for BTS load in, which was oh, a four day, which was a four day load in because they had a giant stage. So my, the yeah. union, the union is the literal backbone of the, of the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we're specialized, I mean, I, it took a union to get my console up. So uh-huh. yeah, when, when you, when you want to talk about the importance of having the union for someone like myself, it's very important. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Hope that, hope that answered the question. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think we, we answered that pretty well. You, what you else do we got said, from the live chat? Cause um, I can keep going, see. but yeah, let's, no, let's yeah. get that. Um, um, let's see. Um, P3 Theater Company asks, um, do you have any fun sound stories from featured entertainers on the ships? Do I have any uh, favorite stories? stories? Or fun sound stories? Oh, um, well, I can speak to a few things. Um, the, the, the guest entertainers that we get, um, they're usual. Um, so we get a couple, a, a lot of them. They're very fun to work with. Um, I think... The funniest thing for me is seeing the difference in level of preparedness with all of these guest entertainers. Yeah. Um, I know um, they all come semi-prepared, more prepared than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them just do stuff on the fly. So yeah. um, some funny things that I've, I've got to participate in is um, I've gotten, uh, there's a guest entertainer called Diane Cousins. She does a lot of like English humor and stand-up uh-huh. comedy for the older generation. So anyway, mm-hmm. she likes to do these music clips and so she has this whole bit with the sound guy and playing the wrong song and the guy oh, yeah. has to yell back at her and mm-hmm. and so it kind of put me in the show for a little bit and it's and, you know it's fun stuff like that Sweet. Um, most of the stuff that i find funny now are honestly moments where i've messed up pretty hard um mm-hmm. or found myself running uh i mean i've been in a Cirque du Soleil show and i you know i'll admit this i, I was running a, a a song a whole number in the in the scene that i just got done mixing and I didn't hit the scene button and uh-huh. I'm sitting there going, huh, sounds a little bit, uh, a little warm tonight. Cause you know, the humidity yeah. had a big effect on it. And when you're mixing 400 shows, you're like, I think tonight it's a little colder. Cause those yeah. are the differences you start to notice after 400 yeah. shows yeah. under a big top. Uh, no, I was actually just completely in the, just like the wrong scene oh, wow. and everything was just wrong. And yeah. I thought nothing was wrong until mm-hmm. like you know people were like so the the drums were a little hot tonight and i'm like is that what it was yeah <laughs> it was really like, yeah you know it's exactly so i find moments like that where you know you got to remain sharp you know you start yeah. to pull, uh you start to do that for that long and you're not to say you get um you start to really know where everything sits and you know where you can take breaks and yeah Definitely. You know, it's also much, so much muscle memory that yeah. I, I felt like I took it. I, I, mm-hmm. I checked with my body in the beginning. I was like, body, did you push the button? Okay, you yeah. did? Okay. Because I otherwise I would have this like little thing in the back of my head going, yeah. I don't remember you pushing the button, check. <laughs> exactly. But that wasn't, th- that wasn't there. So I, yeah. I, I totally sat in this whole thing. I'm just sitting there going like enjoying it because it was yeah. an easy number. I just kind of had to write a vocal uh-huh. for that m- number. And 
just what is happening <laughs> just, oh, wow that's funny yeah, yeah. uh let's see but Emo yeah question. yeah you're good um let's see Emma questions um andrew i can't say the last name um is dj am productions hiring he asks Hey, what's his last name? Um, uh, 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 let me spell it out. Uh, uh, G O G O C L O W S K I. Yeah, tell him yes. That's yes. my buddy Andrew. Uh, tell him DJ. I, you know, because uh, Andrew, uh, at least I think this is Andrew Glaski, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. As of right now, man, uh, I I would love to go out and DJ uh, to make some money, but I'm too afraid of people right now. <laughs> I I actually played a I played around with the idea of putting a drum shield up. I got buying a full enclosed drum shield and putting my booth inside that, and then putting the, like speakers on the top. Yeah, and just like <laughs> text me your requests. Text yes. me your requests. That'd so, be cool. Though. Um, I did explore that idea, and if uh, the world goes back before I actually get to start getting behind a real console, Andrew, calling you. <laughs> uh, uh, that's great. That's great. He, oh, he, uh, yeah, he, any he, more from the chat? Um, he also asks, also, IBEW Local 40 represent. Oh, yeah. Says, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> but uh andrew uh, and i used to work at cypress college together nice 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 and he actually he works now at uh universal doing cool. some cool text doing some very very cool video stuff there very very awesome, very cool. awesome. Uh, i think that's it for the live uh, yeah i think it's it for the live chat okay um, so continue sure uh so yeah it was what churches and then mm-hmm. after i after i got out of the cruise line industry uh-huh. i went to go work for a local production company uh uh-huh. called gear connection now this is a uh this is a, a privately owned company uh it's on the it's like a mid-sized company but uh-huh. the staff is very very small yeah we and they had we we had a handful of very very highly skilled engineers that we'd work with so it was a perfect place uh-huh. to uh, learn yeah and come back to land too because by after that cruise line i was ready to uh do something else mm-hmm. um because i felt like this was all very similar and i could do this and get very comfortable here but i started to plateau in terms yeah. of the learning curve because as a cruise line operator you're only allowed to do so much in terms yeah. of you know you don't want to mess it up because you do have to give it back to someone like i exactly. got this like in the cruise line industry, your, your handover is you learn 10 shows in 10 days and you watch the first show, you watched him mixing the second show, and uh-huh. then you mix the third show. And then you learn the new show the next day and you do that for 10 shows, your trainer leaves, and then you have to do all 10 shows for the second time by yourself. So oh, wow. it was a very quick yeah. learning process. So if you, can, if you want to learn how to really cut your teeth and get your chops up, mm-hmm. um, cruise lining is one of the way to one, explore the world. Yeah. I didn't have to get on. I didn't have to get back on board until 3 PM. Yeah. So I was on a beach for a long time and <laughs> yeah. then I would walk in all suntanned and salty and, you know, from Jamaica or yeah. Aruba. And I'm like rolling into sound check in my flip flops. Like, yeah. <laughs> honestly, 
this could not get any better. That's a life awesome. right there. That that's, It was. That's and, I, and I suggest you do it when you're young because the cabin, you know, you, you, you do, you do live with somebody in a cabin with no window yeah. inside. Uh, and my roommate was from the Philippines. Like you have to be uh, comfortable with living in a very sardine can life style. Yeah. Uh, but it also becomes a very, uh, has that cast and crew family vibe because mm-hmm. entertainment and uh, entertainment, I mean, we'll, entertainment is a very small, but also very big uh, group of people on the ship. And they're usually the ones at the crew bar having fun. So, yeah, yeah, you know, you can stick with your friends and everybody at the crew bar. And most of everyone on a cruise ship is very, very open. And I don't, I don't have any problems with anybody. Um, if, uh, you know, if there's one thing I've learned about doing theater and, and touring and cruise ships is that you are about to be amongst a very wide range of cultural backgrounds. Yeah. And that is, that is probably the best part. Mm-hmm, that is too. probably the best part about it. Yeah. Um, so this is a company that I worked for, uh, full-time. Uh, I really enjoy full-time gigs. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been able to keep full-time employment for a long time between mm-hmm. all of these different jobs. Um, and that has really given me the stability, which you don't get often in the sound industry. You don't get that. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're usually an independent contractor in Los Angeles. And now with AB5 in place, it's going to be even harder to be a freelance gig worker in Orange County and Los Angeles, uh-huh. uh, which is, which is just, I, I don't know how I, that my, how my friends that are currently doing that are even surviving right now. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Um, it's a very scary time for not only that, but for the AB five law, um, which is a big deal for freelance people in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, so if you, if you can really write your Congress person or write your state yeah. Senator about AB five, we should do it. Yeah, um, definitely. cause that's going to kill any, any hope that the younger generation has to just freelance you know, yeah. I used to be able to go and just throw in a 1099 and screw it. I'll deal with it at tax time. I'm on this yeah. call. Like yeah. that is going to be a harder thing for people. So definitely, it, definitely. it really is unfortunate. Um, yes. so I went full time with this company and I really learned what concert audio was like big boy audio, uh, uh-huh. line arrays, massive, massive amps. Now this yeah. company had a lot of legacy gear and thank God for it because it was, it's not being used anymore. You don't see a PM 5d uh, yeah. run at monitors unless it's like very specifically requested. And, mm. uh, I'm grateful that I was brought up on this console as a monitor engineer. And I really uh-huh. cut my teeth and running monitors for bands on this. And I, I became, um, proficient at it to where I wasn't scared anymore. Yeah. And, and that was, that led me to a lot of flying work where I would, I would fly in, uh, after having no sleep for, for 24 hours to yeah. someplace in Boise, Idaho to cover a monitor engineer gig and then mm-hmm. fly back after the 2 a.m. loadout. I haven't slept for 48 hours, but hey, man, that's the life. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and, and stuff like that really is, is, is what I really tried to do. Anytime I was given an opportunity, whether it was, hey, can you get to Boise, Idaho tomorrow for a 9 a.m. loadout? It's the day mm-hmm. before at 6 p.m. and your flight is at 4 a.m. and you're currently at a gig that your loadout doesn't go till two. And you're like, so I go home, I sleep for two hours. I'm on a gig right now. I'm already tired, yeah. but I'm getting this call to go to Boise right now, tomorrow, 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I went. And then wow. I, w- I, got to, I got to save 
save this guy. He had an emergency. Mm-hmm. I walked in. I had no experience with the band. This was an R&B artist. I had not, I had not listened to their music. This was an artist called Somo. Uh, he was on a mid, uh, a club tour around the U S mm-hmm. uh, we were at the knitting factory and I had never even met the guy, heard his music or anything. So while I was on the plane, I did as much research as I can yeah, as I could. And I walked in with a stage plot, a show file and an input list to wow. cases that were just spaghetti of cables. Yeah. Yeah. yeah microphones and pillowcases i was like what in the world oh, is gosh. this wow i pray to god there was some kind of label so anything that i the anything that looked like a piece of tape i was uh-huh. inspecting because yeah. it maybe had text on it telling me what i had to do yeah and it uh and i ended up just piecing together that gig last minute and made a very very big impact on the band from someone some dude that just walked in here had no experience with the band i was like i'm gonna mix your monitors People uh-huh. I've never met. Yeah. And I hope I don't mess this up. Yeah. I had a phone call with your dude and that was about it. I'm not going to tell him that, but you walk yeah. in and you're ready to smile and dial as they call it, baby. Like, yeah, exactly. That's exactly. Going, oh no. Yeah. 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 And the worst part was, is that the sound check rolled around at six o'clock. I had just, I was a zombie at that point. Yeah. And the singer walks in. He's like, who the F is this guy? Yeah. Who the and mind oh, yeah. you, I'm like the only light-skinned fella on the gig. So oh, wow. I'm, I'm like, oh boy, well, I'm here. I'm saving yep. Johnny, you know. Exactly. He called me. He referred me from the friend. I'm Anthony. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Here's your mic. Your ears are clean. You got full yeah. battery. Let me know what you need. And I mean, from there, he was like glaring at me. He's like, I don't oh, like this, oh, dude. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, man. We did the sound yeah. check. We did the acoustic sound check. And um, he didn't say anything. He walked away. We did the show. And then after the show, he went to his manager. And the manager said, so um, so Joe wants to know when his name was Joe, the artist's uh-huh. real name. So Joe wants to know, um, how available are you? And, I'm, oh, and I was oh, like, gosh. I, he goes, um, you know, now this is at... 2 a.m. after we just loaded the gear. Oh my gosh. So, you know, here I am about to make a 4 a.m. flight back to Los Angeles, now going yeah. on more than I really should have been. It was not healthy to be yeah, up. Definitely this, not. This, it was definitely not healthy. And I don't sleep well in planes. So this was very difficult. So, um, and I ended up doing a couple more of those gigs um, for, that, for that group. And, uh-huh. um, if I hadn't been trained by gear connection to mix monitors the way, you know, for that, yeah. for that kind of style, like I, you know, th- I was trained to be able to put a microphone in the wedge and it be stable. So, exactly. you know, if it feeds back, you, you really need to do something else. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I'm thankful for that, but that was all mm-hmm. working for a, a production company that was very small. There was only two, uh, there was maybe four or five full-time employees. That was it. The oh, owner, wow. five guys, Two of us or three of us were the main production managers, and we were responsible for mixing pretty much all of the corporate, theater, yeah. uh, smaller concerts. And then we had our hired guns to come in for the big concerts, uh-huh. and we worked with those guys. But we were the deck crew, so uh-huh. it was extremely beneficial. I mean, that, that environment was like I was the warehouse guy. I managed the inventory. I worked yeah. out the rentals. I, I beeped in, beeped out equipment, you mm-hmm. know you know, did invoices, worked the register, full warehouse. That was wow. 
I, that was probably the most ed, most important part of the education because I no longer set crap back in a road case from a gig mm-hmm. piled up like crap. Yeah. I took the time to wrap every cable because I was that shop guy. Yeah, and yeah. man, when a truck comes in on Monday morning and it's nothing but just two by fours of two by four cases of nothing but spaghetti XLR, and you're like, yeah, yeah. this will take me till two p.m. You know, <laughs> exactly, All good, yep. man. But this is what I'm doing today. You know, the shop yeah. guys let them do more important things. Let them try, yeah. you know, if, if they don't want to untangle your spaghetti, they're cursing mm-hmm. you in the shop going, these fucking assholes. God yeah, forbid yeah. you go, excuse my language, but God forbid you go do a show build in the warehouse with these guys. And he's like, Oh, you're the guy. Mm. Oh yeah. 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 You know? So it all comes full circle. So doing all of these different jobs, you know, I call myself a sound enthusiast because I've been a warehouse guy. I've been a sound yeah. technician. I've been the RF tech. I've been the A2. I've been the mixer. Yeah. I've been the A1. And everywhere they have different titles and it's all confusing. Mm-hmm. In theater, there's a whole nother lingo of ranking. Yeah. So yeah. I just go by sound, sound technician because I mix front of house. I mix monitors. I P, a PA tech. I system tech. I am yeah. even getting uh, decent at, at networking, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. You've you done everything. I, you have to, yeah, you have exactly. to, if you, if you want to be employed, you want to do this full time. Yeah. You got to do everything you can. So churches, production companies. Yeah. I mean, DJing was just my thing, but yeah. you know, it's, it's, it is a thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. So now I'll talk about Cirque because I feel like that's kind of the big one. Yeah, um, for sure. My introduction to Cirque was pretty awesome. I'm just going to say that right now because I was very lucky to have the show that I, I did. Uh, I applied to be on a show called Luzia. They needed to have a temporary replacement uh, sound technician to come uh-huh. fill in for someone that was going on a sabbatical. Uh, so I applied and I got an interview. And this was not my first Cirque interview. I had a couple more. Uh, that I didn't do so well in. So this uh-huh. is probably my third, probably my third interview with Cirque. Um, and I had been applying for probably six to eight years. Mm-hmm. You know, by this time I was, it was 2017. I was 27. Uh, I had been doing sound stuff since I was 15. I was like, dude, you know, honestly, I can see in pictures what this stuff is. I think I can do this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I went to see Curious at uh, Dodger Stadium when it was in town. Uh-huh. all those years ago. And I was just like, man, this is what I need to be doing. It was like a big top sitting in a circus. I was watching yeah. curious, which is one of Cirque's biggest show, best shows uh-huh. in my opinion. Um, uh, uh, Corteo is another favorite, even though I haven't seen it. I just know it's going to be, I know it's amazing. <laughs> um, and, uh, so I applied and, and I had an interview and I was able to, uh, I mean, I got brought on, man. It just, there's yeah. no other way. I, I just, I was, I was sitting there kind of beside myself when I got that phone call, mm-hmm. uh, thinking like, are you serious? Like these people travel the world. Like, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm going to leave again. And I had just gotten home uh-huh. and I yeah. was like, <sighs> you know, yeah. I'd never been so excited. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I joined Luzia in Denver and I toured with them for a year and a half. And mixed, mm-hmm. and, and mixed uh, well, I learned how to move a big top, learned how to put up a giant circus tent, 
Yeah. And uh, when you tour on a big top, it's it it really is one team, one dream, mm-hmm. uh, in the in the in the respect that uh, it takes everybody, a village, all the terms you've ever heard. It really does, because mm-hmm. like I said earlier, there is seventy trucks on these on these shows. That's and crazy. with, I mean, there's just 10 trucks of air conditioning, yeah. uh, five trucks of a kitchen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's just the entire, like, there's nothing there when we get there, there's just a parking lot. So you see the flooring here, mm-hmm. all of these seats, the that's stage, the, uh, all of the rigging, everything mm-hmm. that's hanging on the masts. That's all, yeah. that's all in road cases, the stuff that, uh, the big orange, uh, papel, uh-huh. Uh, you know, it's all pieced together from yeah. being in road cases. Uh, and we fit 20, we pack them in 2,600 people. Um, yeah. and it's, and it's really crazy. Uh, Lucia was a great, great show to work on. Uh, there's about 120 inputs, um, uh-huh. between the live band and, uh, some, uh, sound effect tracks that were kind of flying around in the background uh-huh. of the music. Uh, but for the majority of the music, it's all live, which is incredible. The front house console is a Yamaha CL5 with the CL1 nice. attached. Um, you can combine those, right? Through, they combine. Yeah, right? we combine. Yep, exactly. Sweet. We combine those th- through Ethersound. Uh, <clears throat> cool. We use uh, QLab yeah. to run the, the sound effects, as you can see on the screen there. Uh, That's a great program. And it's a really great program. Yeah. Uh, I've, I, as a sound, when I do my sound designs for like musicals, Mm-hmm. I really rely on QLab a yeah. lot for all of my MIDI triggering and also for uh, just sound effects playback. But yeah. I really utilize the MIDI triggering if I needed to if I need to hit a sound effect and change a scene at the same time. I will do that via MIDI so that I can free up my hands yeah. uh, and stuff like that. And I'll also play with lighting a little bit and and trigger some lightning flashes if we're yeah. in the same if we need to if we're in the same queue and we all need to go at the same time. I will just be like, hey, do you mind if I just take it that way? It's, yeah you know, one less thing for you to do. Exactly. So, um, so, um, touring with, uh, this show brought a lot of things that I didn't know that I was going to get myself into, like, um, the construction aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes from a very, it goes from a theater to a construction site, uh, pretty much, uh, instantly after the last person leaves the big top. Uh-huh. Um, it's very dangerous. There's a lot of stuff coming down again we have a lot of uh union hands you can see <clears throat> this mm. is just the beginning of it the, the seats were just taken down this is probably this is probably a good 20 minutes into the loadout that oh, you've wow. seen and there's already uh-huh. cases on stage yeah chairs have you know well this maybe not 20 minutes in the loadout but this is fairly early into the loadout because the yeah. bleachers are down or the, the chairs are out yeah um but it, it it goes very quickly and you're down and out in a day and a half you're packed yeah. up in the truck and you know you're doing the last day of teardown which is just the tent everything comes out we strip the inside mm-hmm. and uh and it's it turns into we all become stagehands so no longer a sound team yeah. a lighting team um, and that goes along with all the auxiliary tents, like the flooring for the training room. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to do flooring and a lot of other stuff that's really, really laborious. And the, yeah. once the big top comes down, you're in the elements, you're in the sun. Uh, when shows just begin, they're usually in the snow. Oh, wow. uh, so you're doing a loadout in the snow and this loadout period, when you're in the construction outfit and you're doing the construction crap, mm-hmm. you're, it's about two weeks. And oh, wow. so it can get testing. Yeah. Um, 
Because it's like, how about a load in and then a load in and then followed yeah. by another load. Oh, and exactly. then how about a load in another? You want some yeah. more load in? I got yeah. it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, that's, that's ridiculous. That's, it's ama- that's amazing how, how that happened so quickly and just like, so, like how much, you know, work goes into that. It's a, it's, it really takes an army. It really takes yeah. an army. But that's why Cirque can do things that normal companies can't do. Yeah. Um, because we spend four days of that setup time just validating every little inch of every acrobatic winch. Mm-hmm. The automation team is uh, checking that every tolerance is where it should be. Yeah. Every uh, limit is set where it should be. And every artist is comfortable. And they come in one by one and validate, okay, I'm going to go up on the trapeze. I'm going to come down on the trapeze. I yep. feel good. I feel good you feel good. My coach, the medical team feels good. Yeah. The automation guy feels good. And I mean, literally there's two days of just that. Yeah. That, that's and crazy. Yeah. So when you, f- you see a Cirque du Soleil show and you're like, dear God, that's death defying or my yeah. God, how do they, it was just, it's very expensive and it takes yeah. a lot of patience and, and really uh, a level of focus that you really have to give yourself when you're mixing these shows, especially as a mixer, uh-huh. You know, you have to give yourself to the show. If because I've made myself cry behind sound consoles mixing the ballad of Act One. Yeah, and you know that that if I'm not doing that, how do I expect an audience to do that? So when you're doing Cirque, you have to give that, but also be very hyper aware that lighting cue didn't go. Why yeah. is an acrobat night in the right place? Are we about mm-hmm. to stop, mm-hmm. or is it just lighting's late? Usually exactly. lighting's just late. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That's just yeah. I'm just kidding. All lighting people, I love you. <laughs> yes, uh, I was amazing. One, I was I was one of you. Um, <laughs> not for long though. Um, so this was uh, my first show, Luzia. Um, this is Volta. It's very different. Oh wow. Uh, so this had a lot of extreme sports. So uh-huh. this had uh, skateboard ramps and BM uh, had BMX ramps. That's sweet. We had a full bmx section in the show on a revolving stage there's a revolving oh half pipe and a, oh and a bmx team that would do uh flares whips and all the all the cool stuff um yeah, yeah and this is where i was really introduced to what's called lcs is that that is mm-hmm. a uh, meyer sound product if you look at my sound console it doesn't look like anything normal yeah it looks um, different yeah it looks a little different right yeah it, it looks a little um this is LCS Q console. This is a, um, this is a build your own. I'm going to, I'm just going to put it very like, you know, yeah, this was developed by Jonathan Deans, uh, and a few other people, um, as a way to do immersive audio for live entertainment. And this, um, this uses equal amplitude panning between a lot of individual buses to then create what's like a, like a hotspot or like a flashlight yeah. of sound, if you will. Mm-hmm. And you can use volume to push and move audio. So it's a little bit different than like Aliza or DMB soundscape or all these other immersive uh-huh. platforms that we're seeing come out. Yeah. These LCS is, is, um, is really a, is been around for a long time in a, in a variety of different forms. There mm-hmm. was a few different modules, but now they have uh, Dimitri, which is their latest uh, IO box. Uh-huh. Um, it allows you to have as many inputs and outputs as you want. Um, and you have the option to use this surface that I'm using here in the picture uh-huh. called uh, a fader pack or a transport module 
mm-hmm. to um, queue and use the console. Um, any one of these faders can be a VCA. It can be a channel strip. It can be a panner. It can uh-huh. be at the bottom and go to the top and it can be a panner, you know, on yeah. a fader if I wanted to track movement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I wanted to do something like that, there's a lot of other modules that you can have attached, but for this show, we only had two fader pack modules uh-huh. and a transport module that had, um, our sound effects go, uh, pretty much our Q lab. Yeah. Um, but it's called wild tracks and it's an internal, uh, Meyer sound product that, uh, it's Dimitri wild tracks. It's uh-huh. a Meyer sound product. It basically is a, uh, a sound effects, uh, deck has two different decks and you can play from these decks. Um, Sweet. It's really cool, um, and it's and it's really complex with the queuing and everything because you're queuing. Yeah. Um, if you're using a different console, say you do like a Digico console into that Dimitri thing, uh-huh. and not and not use their LCS fader pack here that you see in the picture, mm-hmm. um, that would be uh, a little bit more complex with the queuing because you'd have the console's internal queuing system. Mm-hmm. from like say a digico and yeah. you're stepping through a show but then you're also firing midi cues over to uh dimitri q station which is the software that that does all the space map panning and immersive yeah. technology you know you have two different cue lists that you have mm-hmm. to track with and they they run in a way that if you don't start from the top and go through in order your programming is not just recall here recall there recall here it's hold on i gotta go to the back of the top initialize step through my startup then i'm going to then fire my cues to make sure all of my cues were taken on both sets of consoles so Mm -hmm. when you get to like Cirque du Soleil it's like i'm not just hitting q lab i i kind of am that's our backup system especially here on volta was our q lab Uh but it like there's so much more under the button now like yes it's still the same button but that's a macro and it triggers fifty thousand things and mm-hmm. once you start that macro, like all this stuff happens and you're like, Oh great. Now I have 30 <laughs> seconds to wait. Yeah. And I took yeah. it early. Can't mm-hmm. do anything. And God forbid you stop the queue in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, it really, um, really gets, uh, get going there. Um, That's so <laughs> I left this show in September of 2019. So okay. I mixed my last show. I actually mixed my last show in September 19th because I left to go do what I'm currently doing now, um, which I'm very excited about and very sad it didn't happen when it was, is um, the new Disney Cirque du Soleil show Drawn to Life. Ah, nice. So this is what I was doing when I was pulled away for COVID. Um, Uh I had left the touring division uh, and decided to transition to the uh, live sound, or sorry, the live sound of my brain. (laughs) <laughs> you good transition to the resident show uh-huh <clears throat> excuse me and uh for the reasons of it was i wanted to do a creation i had done a lot of tech rehearsal like in theater and everything uh-huh, yeah you know you go through it and you're like Man, i really love tech it's yeah, like yeah. great you want to come do a Cirque du Soleil creation it's four months of tech yeah yeah but the thing with this show is this was, if, uh, if you've ever been to Walt Disney World, this was the old Lanuba Theater. So this was, uh-huh. uh, Lanuba ran for 20 years, or uh, it's really like 17. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it was there for a long time. And uh, Disney wanted to reuse the building because uh, it's still a great, great, great theater. Uh-huh. And uh, so they tore it out and they got with the show creators, uh, the show director of Curious and a few other people um, from the Cirque du Soleil uh, creative camp. Uh-huh. Uh, Michelle Laprise is the director of it. And uh, Jonathan Deans is actually the sound designer of this show. Um, mm-hmm. And if you, uh, Jonathan Deans is, is one of the, uh, is a very prominently known sound designer. Uh, he's mm-hmm. designed shows all over uh, Broadway. Uh, Cirque du Soleil is, he's, I believe he is, is their favorite. Uh, for at least a resident show division. And mm-hmm. he was also the original sound designer of Lanuba. So it made sense for him to come back and give it uh, a version two. Exactly, uh, yeah. And, and, and so he, when I got the call to be on that show, or I had applied, mind mm-hmm. you, I will say that I applied to, for that job one hour before the window for applications was closed. Oh, wow. So I had been thinking about it, thinking about it, and thinking about it. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, I'm touring, I'm mixing. I'm like, what am I going to do? Am I really yeah. going to go? And and you know what? It, it really, it was really a, a decision that I had to, I had to really re- not wrestle with, but I just had to think this was worth it because yeah. you know, touring is something that I wanted to do ever since I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did it, and I then got hired on and show up. Uh, uh, actually get a call, you know, discussing the kind of arrangements. And then I get told, you know, um, you know, by the way, the sound designer is Jonathan Deans. And there was a moment where I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And, you know, and then I like yeah. hung up the phone and, uh, I had been a fan of, uh, of Deans and his work and uh-huh. have taken multiple master classes with him in New York. Oh, wow. Uh, really? as a, as a student Sweet. and have, uh, I've followed his work for a long time. So for me, uh, it was probably one of the biggest moments of my sound career was mm-hmm. to be on a uh, five person sound team. And the, and the head of my team was Jonathan Deans. That's crazy. Uh, it, I wasn't, we, I was selected by the Cirque du Soleil resident show team uh-huh. as to come into this creation and that, you know, Jonathan was given this team. So it's not like he yeah. handpicked us all, but we, we got to work with his assistant and these people were really pulled together for this show uh, mm-hmm. for around Jonathan and, and some of the other people involved, like Rob Mealy, who's the network engineer, used to work for Meyer Sound, uh-huh. uh, Dave Wallace, who is the head of sound of Lanuba for 20 years, and then oh, wow. the three other Davids that are on the, other, on the team. So it's David, 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 and Anthony. Um, <laughs> it's hilarious, yeah. man. That's funny. It's like on the radio, we're like D1, D1 for yeah. two, two for three, three yeah. for two. And then we have David uh, Davo D4. So <laughs> we just D quattro yeah, just, just to mix it up. <laughs> That's funny. And so, you know, it's just like, go find David. Which one? <laughs> and, then there's, and then there's Anthony. <laughs> just out of the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, now, and, then, and there's always Anthony, but, but yeah. it's, the, it's like. Yeah, it's David, it, yeah. But it's awesome because uh, having that many people on a crew really allows a lot of personalities and a For lot sure. of background experience because we don't all have the same experience. And that was yeah. a brilliant move by our boss to because we all complement each other, I think, in yeah. really great ways. And mm-hmm. that is a very good move for just team building. I mean, mm-hmm. if we were all the same person, I don't think we would... Um, or if anyone was on a team with themselves, I don't think yeah. much work would ever really get done. For so, sure. So, you know... 
having the diversity is is key. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, so I'm very excited to get back to this when mm-hmm. we. Yes. When we do. <laughs> exactly. Soon, hopefully. I mean, so you know, it's been a long, a long journey to get to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, going from that first slide of me at the at the cheerleading game, yeah. you know, to then getting yeah. to be on this show. Uh, you know, it's something that, you know, I'm very proud of for, for myself. Sure. And, uh, you know, I, I think that a lot of other people could do this and yeah. a lot of people could and get to where I was very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot of noise out right now. And I think yeah. if not just with everything that's going on, I think just in sound, I think there's a lot of good information and a lot of bad uh, misinformation. So yeah. there's a lot uh, for sound, you know, I'm trying to do my own thing where I'm, I started a private community um, called Sound Strategy. Uh-huh. That is a group of my friends and close people that I've worked with that I know want to do better, mm-hmm. uh, and that they could be a total beginner, and yeah. or uh, someone like yourself that just wants to know how do we get from Yamaha consoles yeah. to somewhere they have like Waves plugins, man? Because yeah. I really want to yeah. do like Waves plugins. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I want to help with that. So if, if you're watching this and you want to do better with sound and I encourage you, Ethan, if you want to do, if you want to join my group, it's open right now. It's something that I will close down later. Um, I do, uh, close to a closed group later. I want to create this environment where we can share ideas and how to get from, uh, where I was at my high school level to where I've been and not, not based off what I've done, but based off what, what, where people are at what they want to know and, mm-hmm. uh, and what they need to succeed. Because right now it's a total bummer. Like we're no one, I mean, I want to help people get better at live sound when no one yeah. can go touch a console right now. That's exactly. kind of depressing. I, I, I miss touching a console. I'm like, I need to get back to high school. Ah, my school. It's like, like <laughs> itchy fingers. I know. Right. It's like, yeah. Multi-tracking friends. If you haven't done multi-tracking to keep yourself sharp, telefunkinmics.com has a, big multi-track collection go do it um and nice. ken lewis ken lewis mixing audio school i'm not that's not a shameless plug but i follow that it's pretty good pretty good stuff but if you're interested in joining my my, my group please check me out sound strategy on facebook or um anthony morano uh on ig the o is an x because i'm that different and there was already another anthony morano on there so um Great. if you want to follow my work follow me, add me on Facebook, LinkedIn link is there. Uh, and if you want to call or text me, I dare you, but don't do it while I'm sleeping. Um, I'm kidding. You could, you could, uh, I just won't hear it. Uh, but yeah, I really, you know, that's, thank you. You know, I think that's, I don't know what else to say. I don't know no. what kind of time limit we've blown through. I really, <laughs> you, we, 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 we are totally good. Thank I, you so figured, much, man. This is like great. I, I mean, I love, yeah. Sorry. Is there any other questions that you I mean, wanted to? I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I was just gonna. If you, if you want to go into more detail about like console you, you've used, you have. But I mean, if you, I mean, what your favorite console you use? You've kind of said. Um, I mean, I don't know. We can, we can, we can mix it up. I don't know. Um, um, is there any other questions down here? It's Facebook Live. Yeah, check, go ahead and check yeah. to see if we got any people coming. Um, uh, P3, any said ex- um, P3 Theater Company said, explain a, uh, AB5 and the effects it has on technicians. 
Oh man, I wish I knew so much more. I'm not even reading the articles because I'm not, I'm not in LA right now, but I just, I know that it is damaging the freelance environment. It is, uh, from my understanding, and please don't quote me on this because I'm not an expert in the fact, but it's, it, it is, uh, 1099 is kind of a gone with the past thing in terms of, uh, of contractors being able to, um, just come in, be an outside contractor, do their gig, get paid, and then deal with taxes mm -hmm. later. Uh, it's now kind of requiring them to have a, a lot more regulation on on that. The companies are going to have to make people employees, I believe, to for them to work. It's like there's all mm -hmm. of these stipulations, and basically the freelance gig life is uh, it, it stifled basically that life. And I won't say cut it dead, but I'm 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 pretty confident that it's not it's not a good thing. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, I have a lot of friends that work in the TV industry out there and they're really, they're really like, I had friends that literally went up to Sacramento and sat in the courtroom and they tried to talk to their congressperson about it and it fell on deaf ears. Yeah. So it, it's something that's, it's really, it's not the biggest deal right now, which is why a lot of people probably aren't talking about it, but yeah. for those who it's directly affecting, it is everything. Exactly. It is everything. It's the way that they're getting their gigs. It's the relationships that they've had built. Um, definitely. And imagine you are a company and I love my favorite freelancer, like at Gear Connection, we had our favorite freelancers. I don't know what that means for my, my ex-boss. I don't know what that means. He has to hire them full-time, but that now opens up a whole nother level of complex, uh, uh, complex issues that now employees and owners of companies are Mm -hmm. gonna have to do and it's gonna cost them more money and they're not even yeah. gigging right now everyone yeah. has their calendars wiped but so i'm just it's bad all over man it's just yeah. it's it's really really bad all over and if you yeah. know it's just yeah it it it, it, it i mean, I, mean I, I think i mean did was that has that been an issue that, that's that's a recent thing right but i've i mean I, I think i've heard it a little bit that's recent that's recent right like that's a recent thing yeah, I believe it's somewhat recent, but definitely not uh, not like this past month or something. But it's yeah, no, yeah, probably yeah, in the yeah. last six months I've started okay. hearing rumblings of this yeah, uh, yeah. frustration from my friends in LA. Yeah, yeah, I I I I, I have heard that too. Um, but I mean, and also, I mean, pandemic also brings everyone down. You know, is no one's you know no one's working at it's very very unfortunate. Um, and I, I wish we could get back to it, you know, because, you know, I'm, I miss, you know, doing, you know, doing school shows and, you know, it's, it's just not, you know, not yeah, ideal it, for all of us. It's not. And a lot of people, um, but what you can, what you can do during this time is do all the trainings that if you were in school or you were working, do all the trainings, watch all the videos, get all the yeah. certifications, uh, do all the things, learn about uh, Dante, take the Dante courses, mm -hmm. get your resume looked at by someone. Yeah. Uh, so that when you come back, you are focused, you're, you're updated, mm -hmm. you're leveled up. Yeah. And you're going to have to fight through every single engineer to get their gigs back. Yeah. And that is scary. Uh, I can't imagine what it's like for someone on the beginning part of this to then want to jump into this after what just happened to our industry. Yeah. It, and yeah. that's part of the reason I started my group, uh, because I believe that it will come back. I mean, it's, it's yeah. Oh, it believing will, yes. whether it's coming to come back, it, it's going to, it's just, mm -hmm. 
Will people process. stick to it? Will people want to contribute or want to get, continue their learning, their journey? their journey yeah. uh, to like, Oh, well, I, you know, I just saw what happened and there's no way I'm pursuing that little yeah. kind of idea I had. I want to grab those person and say, come here, say goodbye, bye to your friends and family, come join sound and, yeah, yeah. No, and don't look back, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, which so, would, would you, I would love to, I would love to, I would love to join your group. Like, please do. Uh, yes. Please yeah, do. Uh, sound strategy on Facebook. I will send you a link uh, right, to please. do that. Yes. And you know, I hope to, I hope to assist people, um, with whatever they're dealing with right now in terms yeah. of what's stopping them from getting to the next job or what is uh, tripping them at work from getting the mixing position rather than I'm always the A2, but I'm never the mixer. Why? Yeah. Let's, let's figure that yeah. out. Let's, exactly. let's, what, what doubts do you have? What are you insecure? So, and, mm-hmm. and that could be privately one-on-one with me, which is what I, I hope to do one day as a, as a, not an educator, but more of a consultant and a career coach and, mm-hmm. it's, and I've had a lot of success with that on my personal ha- on, on, on my side, uh-huh. uh, finding a mentor is probably the one thing that has benefited me the most. So if you can find yourself a mentor, walk into a production company, tell them you want to push a box. They might teach you something that's more mm-hmm. valuable than going to school. Exactly. In my opinion, it's just mm-hmm. my opinion. Nowadays, sure. I can't see really a lot of people wanting to justify a whole college experience. Yeah to just do theater sound unless they have a very specific thing. Um, I don't know. I don't think I mentioned this, but I applied to grad school for my master's in sound design mm-hmm. and engineering. And I came runner up and I was given an option to come back next year and get accepted. But I decided not to because I had that second opportunity is that I went all the way to applying for it, getting the interview, doing that, getting mm-hmm. the rejection letter, and just being a guy that worked in the warehouse, I was faced with a point. And I was like, do I continue to go to school for something that obviously I just got rejected from a sound design program and I'm yeah. a sound designer. Yeah. Hmm, okay. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe it wasn't for me, but what was for me was doing three years in Cirque du Soleil that in my opinion, my first show was my freshman year. My second show was my sophomore year exactly. and my show that I'm on right now might as well be my thesis. Yeah. So I'm, my point is that I'm, I'm a constant learner is that yeah. I'm looking at every, I'm looking at every job I've had as a learning opportunity. And I still am sitting here with white papers and live sound magazine and yeah. getting my coffee and reading what is, what is hot, listening to sound podcasts. There's yeah. so many out. Yeah. Are, are there good, so ones? good ones? I'm like, I'm trying to oh find some. Um, Send me some, please. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Signal to noise podcast. Uh, Signal to noise podcast. Uh-huh. Um, Roadie radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, sound design live. DC sound opt. There's, okay, I mean, they yeah, will yeah. refer you. To, they will refer you to yeah. all of them. Have but, you have you have you heard Mackie? They have, they have uh, Mackie has a Mackie has a po- uh, podcast. The ins and outs with Mackie. Have you heard that on? No, I haven't. But that's a great yeah. name. Ins and yeah, outs. I like that. Yeah, the ins and outs. Yeah, you should go check it out. It's good. Um, for all the sound girls out there, sound girls has now got a podcast. This is huge. Awesome. Super cool. They just had Robert Scoville on there, who is the oh, front really? of house, who is front of house engineer for Tom Petty. Wow, um, that's crazy. There's so there's so many good resources online for learning about audio. Um, if you don't, uh, Pooch has got a webinar series. Pooch mixes for Lincoln Park and Iron Maiden, Justin Bieber. 
Um, and he goes over everything that we've kind of gone over today, but in just mm-hmm. really big level detail and you're hearing from the pros. That's so crazy. if you're going to be a sound person in this field, especially during this time, just, Oh, excuse me. Just, um, surround yourself with all the information, uh, podcasts, uh, magazines. Di- I mean the digital version now, um, yeah. everything, do it all. Mm-hmm. And have it for breakfast, have it for lunch, have it for dinner. Exactly. Uh, and 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 wake up wanting to dive into a multi-track. You know, I feel bad for my girlfriend. She just I, I sit on the multi-track all day dissecting a, a show I did. Uh-huh. Like, Why are you listening to that? I'm like, because I've never heard this part of this music before, even when I mixed 400 shows of it. Yeah. Like I'm still dissecting shows that I've done years ago because mm-hmm. there's so much to learn. Because when yeah. you're there, you're just trying to do it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're just trying to do yep. it. So. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. that's great. Uh, stay yes. sharp. You know, keep keep learning. Keep being a a, a sponge of knowledge. And uh, you know what? And I and I and I'm glad I thought about this. Signal to Noise podcast. They have a mentorship program. Mm-hmm. They do. You can sign up and find a mentor that you want to work with. Someone that has your interest or experience of expertise. You can go in there. It's totally free. Signals to Noise podcast. They have a mentorship program. I was thinking about doing it, and I'm, you know, now that I'm talking about it, I think I might want to sign up to yeah. be a mentor um, or to be mentored because you yes. can do both. Um, because I, I'm still on my journey. Um, I hope to one day maybe, you know, do uh, a, a associate sound design work as an associate, mm-hmm. yeah, and, um, and and maybe an assistant engineer, uh, assistant uh, designer, and uh. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll even say ambitiously, I, I, I'm a Broadway mixer, Yeah. Uh, yeah. but that all, you know, everyone wants to be a mixer, but I really love planning out shows, drawing signal flow diagrams and, and doing that. So associate work is something that I'm, I'm looking into and I really mm-hmm. want to get into. Uh, yeah. And, and hopefully one day be my own sound designer, um, on a, on a respectable level. Um, and then the little high school boy inside me is yelling, stay, I want to win a Tony award. Yeah. So I want to win yeah. a Tony Award. I will say that. So wow, that's great. We, yeah, and, yeah. and I'm not gonna. Be, I'm not. I'm unapologetic about it, man. Like that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm chasing that. And if I never get there, then great. And if I get there, then great. Yeah. Yes. It, it, it's both yeah. great ways. Yeah. It's great. And thank because you so my, much. Yeah. Yeah. No. No problem, dude. I'm yeah. so glad to have yeah, the was, chance to speak with you. Yeah. It was amazing. Really share this time with you, man. For sure. For sure. Thank you. We're going to wrap that up, guys, for episode. But thank you again, man. And uh, I really appreciate it. And thank you for all, all right. of you guys watching. All right. Thanks, man. Thank Take you. Take care. You Later, too. Later, man. Bye, Bye man. You too.